Amen, indeed. What a powerful thing to be able to declare this morning. Let's pray together as we turn to God's Word. Father God, you do deserve all the glory. From you are all things. To you are all things. We declare here together today that you are God. You are worthy of everything. And Father, we submit to you. God, we ask that your spirit would be present here with us this morning. We know you are present here. We invite you and say you are welcome. We invite you to do the work that you desire to do, that as we turn to your word today, God, that you would speak to us, you would challenge us, that you would draw us deeper, that we can love you a little more deeply and follow you a little more closely and share you a little more fully. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to that place this morning. What powerful things to be able to declare together today. Um, as we begin, we're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to read a little bit of this passage here this morning, starting in verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 1, as we continue through our Advent series and seeing what God is preparing for us together today. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by the fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We are made new. We are given hope. We are shielded and protected, promised an eternal inheritance, saved. Seen and cared for and invited into everlasting life by an everlasting Father who loves us so much He gave up His own life for us. God is good and He is here and He wants to care for you. Amen. This morning we're continuing our journey through this Advent season, this Time of year that we focus on the incredible story of the incarnation. God with us. The Savior, God Himself, born to us. The fulfillment of a promise made thousands of years before that God would come. That He would fix it. That He would restore everything to what He meant it to be. That no matter how far we had fallen, no matter how wide the gulf that sin had created between us and our Creator, that He would reach across. 
and make us whole again. Make everything whole again. That he knew our need and that he would pay the price for us. This is what God has promised to us, what he told us he would do. And when we didn't even know what he needed, he kept his promises to us, fulfilling our every need in ways more wonderful than we can imagine as Jesus came to show us what God is like. Isn't that wild? I don't know if we pay close enough attention that Jesus came to show us what God is like. God. It's such an incredible idea because God is such a big idea. So massively complicated. Not in who he is. I mean, he is. He is all-powerful and mysterious and all-loving and all-present and unknowable and at the same time intimately present with us. He is who He is. But more in our understanding of God and approach to God, you don't have to walk very far in the world or talk to someone for very long before it becomes painfully clear that we have no idea what we're talking about when we talk about God. Our idea of God is all wrapped up in and confused in a thousand, thousand different things, imagining him as a genie and a tyrant and a friendly old man and in the next moment wondering if this whole idea even exists. The religion and cultures all through history just took human traits and exaggerated them and called them gods. All of our lust and cruelty, all of our deepest hopes and fears, our ambitions and fantasies, we gave them names and we worshipped them. And when we can stop thinking about ourselves and worshipping ourselves, or pretend we have anyways, for even just a second and try to think about God as He really is, all of these myths and stories and emotions and experiences and assumptions flood that effort and they confuse that effort to connect with Him. They confuse our approach and we still wind up thinking about a made-up being constructed in our own image, not looking at God Himself. Allowing Him to speak and reveal Himself. So often and so easily, we tell him who he is instead of the other way around. We don't want to listen to him. We want to tell him what we think, what we think he should be, what we think he should do, what we think he is. But That's what Jesus came to do. That was his purpose, to reveal God to us. And to make a way back to the relationship that we were created for. To restore order. To restore healing. To bring God's presence to us. To help us see. To help us understand that we can know Him. Know our Creator. That we could see what He was like. Hear what He thought. That we could know His love and His presence. It's such a wild idea, God with us, but it's real. 
And it's so important because it means we don't have to guess. We just have to follow. Because the things that He has done, the things that He has shown us and taught us and done for us are enough, just like He promised they would be. And so that's what we're looking at this year, this Advent season, the the things that Jesus came to be for us, the things that Jesus came to reveal to us, the things that Jesus shows us about who God is because He is God. And we're looking at this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9 where God revealed to the prophet Isaiah these names and titles that His Son would hold. These royal and eternal roles that he would fill. These things that he would be for us. That we can know God and make him known to others. The Spirit spoke to the prophet Isaiah about this one that was to come. The Messiah that was promised. And he said, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are the things that God revealed to us about what His Son would be, the things that He would do. And it's been an exciting journey. Pastor Scott leading us through the truth that Jesus is our wonderful counselor, teaching us, correcting us, bringing us the wisdom of His Father. Helping us to understand our Creator, to understand life, to understand one another, how we are meant to live. And then last week we looked at this title of Mighty God. This truth that Jesus is God Almighty, the Creator and Sustainer of the universe. The author of life itself and the purpose behind all things. He is the Word. The beginning and the end, holy and mighty and wonderful. And we looked at all kinds of scriptures describing his power and majesty and his eternal and ultimate glory. Looking at those prophetic pictures in Daniel and Revelation, the majesty of Jesus in his almighty glory. Jesus is our mighty God, holy, other, eternal all-powerful, terrifying, and wonderful, and glorious. And then this week we come to this next title, that He is our Everlasting Father. And once again, our God is just so amazing because He holds both of these titles at the same time. 
so powerful and beyond our understanding and ability to know, so perfect and beyond our ability to reach to Him. And yet He is our perfect, everlasting Father, close and loving and gentle and strong. The contrast is is just wonderful and reveals to us so much about the heart of God. The power of God and about what the Messiah was meant to reveal to us about Him. What Jesus reveals to us about Himself. What does it mean that God meant for Him to be our everlasting Father? What is the Spirit trying to help us understand about the role and work of the Messiah? And again, as we had last week, Scripture is just full of language and pictures of the Father heart of God. The things that Jesus would reveal to us, the ways that He would bring God's presence to us. What does it mean that God is our Father, that Jesus would be our everlasting Father? And the word father can be a difficult one. Because the only context we really have is our own experience with our earthly fathers. And some of us, hopefully many of us, had wonderful fathers who were amazing examples to us and did their best. And in that we can see pieces of the heart of God when they are reflecting Him well. But far too often, too, we have stories of fathers who make this picture difficult to embrace. An abusive father, an absent father, an abandoning father makes it difficult for us to see God as a father and not have all kinds of horrible assumptions and emotions that come rushing to the surface. Even good fathers fail. And it can be hard for us to separate that from what God is trying to tell us about Himself. But He has given us His Word and He has shown us over and over again what a good Father looks like. What He means for our earthly fathers to be, but how much more He desires to fulfill that role. What He wants us to see when He calls Himself our Father. means that He is our protector, means that He is our provider, and in ways that only He can be that our earthly fathers can't, He is our Savior. As our Father, He wants us to know His love and His care, and Isaiah tells us this one that was to come to be our everlasting Father, and it means that He would be, again, our protector, that as a good Father protects His children, God will protect us. Jesus will protect us. And we will look around, you can explore this yourself, and we look around at the story of Israel when Isaiah is making these prophecies, the journey they had been on with the Assyrians and difficulties there, that he was using this term as protector. The difficulties that the nation of Israel had been through that God was wanting to protect them and understand that He would be their protector to bring comfort and healing, walking with them in their struggles and their hurts. In Psalm 121 it says this, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? 
My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Deuteronomy 31, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Here's some of these things that he repeats over and over. Just like last week we repeated over and over that Jesus is the beginning and the end. The Alpha and the Omega over and over in these passages. These words get repeated. He will be with you. He will never forsake you. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Isaiah 41, so do not fear for I am with you. Again. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Proverbs 18, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. God is our protector. He watches over us. He is keeping us safe and preparing the path before us as we follow him. He is our everlasting father here to bring us comfort, to make us secure in him. And in Jesus, he has established this new kingdom that will never be overcome. And he has given us his spirit as a guarantee of what is to come, his presence and work in our lives. In John 14, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Our everlasting father is always with us by the power of his spirit. We are never alone and we are sealed by his presence in our hearts, guaranteed and promised for him, by him forever. Our everlasting Father is our protector. And His name means that this one who was to come would be our provider. That as our good and perfect everlasting Father, He will take care of our needs. He is enough. All sufficient and He cares for us. In Psalm 50, he says, God says, I have no need of a bull from your stall or goats from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. We have nothing to fear. Our everlasting God is more than enough for us. He will never run out 
And he wants to provide, to pour out blessings on his children. In Malachi 3, he says, Bring the whole tithe into my storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. He is generous and loving desires good things for us and loves us as his children. As Jesus told us in Matthew 6, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air, he says. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet... Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. Our heavenly father loves us so much. He cares for us so deeply. And Jesus came to show us just how much, how real that truly is. He lived this truth. He trusted in God's provision and plan. He surrendered his life even to death, trusting his Father to provide and wants so much for us to understand it too. He is our everlasting Father, providing for us, wanting to give us everything we need, wanting to be everything we need if we will just trust him. Our everlasting Father is our protector, he is our provider, and he is our Savior sacrificing himself for his children as any good father would. This name, this title means that this one that was to come, this one that was promised would come and be our sacrifice, giving his own life for us. John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me. And I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. The reason my Father loves me is I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. 
My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Hear that assurance, that promise. Feel that hope and live in that confidence that Jesus has guaranteed these things for us. Jesus is our everlasting Father, laying down His life to save us, to set us free, taking the punishment that we could not bear. To bring us back into His love. He wants us to be with Him. To bring us home. To the place He has prepared as a father prepares a home for His children. That they can be safe. That they can be protected. That they can live in fullness and love. He brings us home. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. There, in His house, with Him forever. Our everlasting Father is waiting for us and He will lead us there. He has said it, He has promised it, and He will do it. As Paul says to the Thessalonians, may God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, body, and soul be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. He is our mighty God. He is our everlasting Father protecting us, providing for us, and giving his life for us to bring us home. This season, let us worship our everlasting Father and live in the confidence of knowing His love that we have a place safe with Him now and forever. Amen. Let's pray together this morning. Father God, we thank You for Your Word, for these incredible promises that You have given to us for these words and names and titles that you gave to Jesus. That we can know who you are, that we can understand what he was revealing to us, that we can live in confidence and trusting in the work that you are doing. We thank you that he is our wonderful counselor, that he brings us your counsel, that as the word he brought us your teaching, your instruction for life. We thank you that he is mighty God, everlasting and eternal, from beginning to end, Alpha and Omega, 
riding on the clouds in all power and glory, bringing your presence to us because he is God. And we thank you that he is our everlasting father, full of grace and truth, full of hope and life and love, protecting us, providing for us, and saving us, giving up his own life for us. We thank you for this example of what fatherhood is meant to be and that you are gracious enough to be more than we need. Father, we, help that, we pray that you would help us to embrace this truth, that you are our everlasting Father, that we would know your love and trust in your provision for us, that we can take that and share it with the people around you. In Jesus' name, amen.